0: Good morning. Welcome to our morning service. We are Alamo Heights Baptist Church, located in Midland, Texas. We are in the heart of West Texas' largest oil reserve. Good to be in the Lord's house. Amen. I see a lot of people are missing today, so uh, I guess we better get used to it, because there's a few of us getting ready to leave um, for the next two Sundays. We have the Southern Baptist Convention that's coming up, and so there's a few of us that are getting ready to go to to Anaheim and hang out in, in sunny California <laughs> I'm trying to be positive about that right but um, anyway we're getting ready to a few of us are getting ready to go to Anaheim for the, the convention for this year and uh, y'all be in prayer about that. It's actually going to be an eventful uh, convention I think. I really believe that there's a lot that's going to be discussed and and uh, that kind of thing a lot of different agendas and, and we certainly want to we certainly want to represent, uh, our church and, and uh, that kind of thing. And we really want to, more than anything, you know what we want? We want to see the Southern Baptist missions take place. That's what we want to see take place and, and and all of those things. So anyway, that's what we're going to be doing for the next couple of weeks. weeks. Uh, during that time, Brother Jesse is going to be preaching on Sunday mornings for the next two Sunday mornings. And uh, then on, on Sunday nights, uh, Brian is going to be teaching. And then on Wednesday, I think Gabriel is going to be doing both of the Wednesdays. In that time, so that's what will be happening, and hopefully some of the other people will return as some of us leave, uh, and, and that kind of thing, and, and going there. Um, here's kind of a, just a little personal thing that I've got to say before I get started this morning, also, is um, it just it just occurred to me when I walked in this morning and kind of had um, kind of a little personal time with the Lord, that, that a celebration, and that is this, I'm actually starting, this will be the start, um, of my eighth year here. We've been here seven years, so um, we're going into our eighth year. And uh, so, you know, that's uh, that's a big that's a big deal. That's a big deal to me. That's a big deal to me. Um. <laughs> but but I've, I've got to say this. Uh, Brother Gary Redwine uh, was here, I think, eight full years, a little over eight. And so I've got I've got to stick around. And, uh, and uh, God willing, we'll set the record, set the record, and, and I plan on being here for a long time. This church has been very good to, to my family and I, and uh, we're really glad to be here and, and to be serving this church. Uh, we've got a lot of uh, a lot of things we want to see happen at Alamo Heights Baptist Church in the years to come. Amen? One of the things that we're seeing happening right now is we're seeing some of the changes with the, the building and doing some of the things that, that we've needed to do for a very long time, and we'll continue to see those things happen. And... Um, and I just look forward to, to continuing to serve this church for as long as the Lord will allow, that's for sure. Um, and um, anyway, I got excited this morning realizing, hey, uh, here we are in June and, and here, here we go and, and uh, we will start our eighth year and, and uh, see what happens. Um, amen, yeah. Uh, my sermon this morning is called Growing in Grace. That's the title of the, this morning's sermon is Growing in Grace. And I start off with the question, of uh, ask the question, What does it mean to grow in grace? What does it mean to grow in grace? Well, there's a lot of ways that I can answer that question. But here's what I want to say. One of the ways that we can answer that is to realize our need for Jesus Christ more and more. To grow in grace is for us to start realizing that we need uh, Jesus Christ in our lives more and more. And here's another way of looking at it. Enjoying Jesus' ways in our lives more than, than the world and actually getting to where we enjoy the way that, that God wants us to do that. Um, the surest sign, the surest sign that I would say for a Christian, one of the surest signs that we can get as a Christian of actually growth, is, is or actually a surest sign of Christianity, is the desire for growth. Do you desire to grow? As you, as you sit here today, do you feel in your soul a desire to, to grow closer to Jesus? Do you desire to learn more about his word? Do you have that, that desire? Uh, do you realize the value of being in a relationship with Jesus Christ? When we grow in grace, we certainly realize more and more the value of being in a relationship with Him. And, and so we definitely have that. The more He works in, in our lives, listen to this, brothers and sisters, the more that Jesus works in our life, the more we realize His grace. And uh, that's, that's something that, that is important for this study this morning, or this sermon this morning. What I want to say, and I want to return to like a quote that we had uh, in in our Bible study, uh, I think it was a Wednesday or so ago that I shared with you, and I want to share this quote again from Charles Stanley. Charles Stanley said, many never get out of the courtroom and into the family room. Many never get out of the courtroom and get into the family room. And what he was referring to was our eternal security in Christ. Us, once we have Jesus Christ as our Savior, we're eternally secure. And that's what he was referring to. And what he, was, what he was referring to also was the fact that, true, when we're saved, we're truly justified. By, by uh, the blood of Jesus Christ, uh, God declares us justified. He says that we are not guilty. That's the courtroom side of it. That's the courtroom side of it. But what we also need to understand is we are adopted as God's children. Uh, when we become uh, saved, when we're born again, we become God's children. And so not only are we justified, we actually are adopted. And so, therefore, we leave just the courtroom and go on into the family room. We're a part of God's family. Amen? And that's something even more special than just having God declare that we're justified. And as we grow in grace, we certainly realize more and more that we're in his family. Now, I've got to add this. One of the amazing things I was thinking about this this morning is what a miracle it is that not only are we justified and that we're adopted, but we're actually declared, and, and this is a real thing also, we're born again. And so when we're born again, we're actually born into God's family. What else can God do to declare us eternally secure in Him? What else could He possibly do? And think about what's happened in those cases. God's done all of the work. He's done all of the work. And so that's what growing in grace is, is we realize the relationship that we're in with Him. We didn't deserve it, but we certainly want more of it, don't we? We certainly want a lot more of it, that's for sure. Uh, The first, uh, the first verse that I want to share with you this morning, and there's a couple of them, but the first one is Ephesians chapter four and verse fifteen. If you're taking notes this morning, listen to Ephesians chapter four, verse fifteen. It says, "But practicing the truth and love, we will in all things grow up into Christ, who is the head." And so, what we see there in Ephesians chapter four is this: is we see that 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 Paul is talking to the church at Ephesus. He's talking to a local New Testament church, and so we see this here, he says that practicing the truth and love, we will grow up in, into Christ. And that's one of the things that we do as a church is we grow up into Christ. And as we grow up into Christ, we're growing up more into his grace. We, we realize more and more how we don't deserve this relationship but how wonderful it really is. And then here's another verse for you to put down. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2. Listen to this one. And we've heard this one before, but this is such a great reminder. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2 says this, And yearn like newborn infants for pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow up to salvation. In our salvation, we grow up in him, and as we grow up in salvation and get closer to him, we realize more and more how much we really need Jesus, how much we really need his word. Um, one of the things that we've been covering on Sunday nights, and we will continue to cover it, Uh, tonight uh, is uh, our discipleship efforts. And in our discipleship efforts, we've been talking about the the stages of, of where we are in Christ. For example, we talked about before someone's born again, they are basically spiritually dead, right? They're spiritually dead. And then we go from being spiritually dead to after we're born again, we become a spiritual infant. And then we go from a spiritual infant to a spiritual young adult. And then from a spiritual adult, I mean, from a spiritual young adult to a spiritual adult. And I want to add, at that point, a spiritual parent. So when you look at those stages there and you, and you hear those stages, the question that I have for everybody this morning is, which one are you? As you think about your life and as you think about your growth in grace and as you get closer to Jesus, where are you at in this process? And I just want to tell you that, that obviously we want to go from spiritual death to spiritual life. But we don't, want to, we don't want to stay as a spiritual infant, do we? We don't want to stay as, as a newborn babe. As a newborn babe, we, we, we desire growth. We desire it. And that's one of the things that we need to understand as Christians is if we really are born again, we have a, a hunger and a thirsting for God's righteousness. We have a, a hunger for God's grace and working in our lives. But we should want to grow to, to be a spiritual young adult. A spiritual young adult uh, starts serving and continues to grow, continues hear God's Word. And then we get to be a spiritual adult and a parent. A lot of people think, well, I, I, I don't want to really like take on this parenthood thing uh, in our growth. But you know what? That's part of being a spiritual adult, is that we actually are a spiritual adult and a parent, which means we're taking other people with us. We're bringing other people with us up in the growth process. Amen? And so as we think about that, think about which one you are. One thing I've got to say, and what we've covered on our Sunday nights, and and I'm sharing with it today, is a lot of us, we may have gone to church our whole entire lives. Like, for example, me, I have gone to church since I was five years old. And when I say I've gone to church since I was five years old, I mean every time the doors were open, right? And perhaps maybe some of you are the same. But that doesn't mean that, that that automatically makes me a spiritual adult. I have to grow. I have to realize how important God's grace is in my life and, 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 and how much I need him in every moment of my life. And one of the things that happens in our lives as far as we, we serve him is, is he gives us a local New Testament church. He gives us a lo- local New Testament church for us to grow in. And the church is there on purpose. And we'll talk a little bit more about that as we go. My first point this morning is in growing in grace. As we grow in grace, we want to walk with Jesus. We want to walk with him. Now, when I talk about us walking with Jesus, I've got to say this, that when we walk with Jesus, that means he introduces favor into our lives. We hear a lot about from preachers and and teachers these days about this favor, and I'm not going into some wacky kind of theology. What I want to say is this favor that we have with him, I want to give it some clarification. For example, um, and this is a really hard thing to do in West Texas, that's for sure, But um, how many of you have planted trees out here in West Texas? How many of you have planted trees? It's really easy, isn't it? No, not really. It's really not that easy all the time. You've got to even have the right kind of trees. I listen to that guy on the radio sometimes talking about it, and he goes, one of the things that we do in West Texas is we tend to try to grow the wrong kind of trees for West Texas. And he says but one thing that we want to do if we want to grow trees is grow the right kind. But the way that we do that is we, we plant a tree, and we, we have to feed it. It needs its nutrition, and it needs that in order for it to grow. And, and as an infant, whenever we have our babies, our babies don't just stay babies, do they? We, we give them baby food, and we feed them, and, and they have their milk and, and those things, and then, and then we grow up into different kinds of food. And like, like uh, one of the things that, that we were talking about yesterday at the men's breakfast is one of the things that I had to eat every once in a while was liver. Liver and onions, yuck, yuck. Brian says, yummy. Brian could get along with my dad, that's for sure. My dad loved liver and onions. And because of that, we had it every once in a while. When Tiny and I got married, uh, I said, man, one of the conditions about our marriage working is don't make liver and onions, don't do it. And you know what? (laughs) She has totally been on board with that, by the way. She is okay with that. And, uh, but, but anyway, we, we eat the things that we eat to actually to grow and to be healthy. And so what I want to say is we have to, as Christians, we have to feed our spirits the same way. We need good, healthy food. And, and what I want to tell you is the underpinning of good nutrition spiritually is grace, is grace. What do I mean by that? That means God's unmerited favor in our lives, and we certainly need that, so As we walk with Jesus, as we walk with Jesus in his word, we see his favor. But that means that we're in tune with Jesus. And if we're in tune with Jesus, uh, we see that that he's the source of joy and happiness that we need. You know, one of the things that we hear people talking about is having a a wonderful, joyous life, happy life and, you know, all those kind of things. But we are not going to, to be optimal in that if we don't have God's grace working in our lives. And so this is what we want. Listen to this. I'm going to term this as active supernatural empowerment. Actual active supernatural empowerment. Now that sounds really out there maybe to you. But I want you to think about it. Walking and growing in God's grace means that we have God's power working in us. None of us deserve that, do we? One of the things that that, that needs to be seen with Christians today is this. We need to see active supernatural empowerment. That means the, the Holy Spirit working in us uh, and the Holy Spirit's working in us through the revealing of God's word in our lives and our obedience to it. And when we do that, that's what I mean by favor. That's what I mean by favor is we have God's power working in us. I'm not talking about, I have God's favor so I have more money than anybody or anything. Like I have what God needs me to have and we have what God needs us to have and that's, that's it. And maybe it is money. I don't know. That's God's responsibility and not mine. So um, here's another thing that happens when we walk in grace with Jesus Christ, is we also become more useful. Listen to this. We become more useful in the life of others. The Christian life is not just what can God do for me. but It's what I can do to serve him and serve others. And so when we, we look at growing in grace, we see that we become more useful in the life of others. You know, um, refusing refusing to be in, in line with the local New Testament church that God adds us to, refusing that is something that will stunt, listen to this, that will stunt the Christian's growth. That will stunt the Christian's growth. A church is supposed to be a part of our growth. I know a lot of people say a, a local church has been a cause of a lot of my problems in my life. Well, that's not that's not Jesus' fault. That's the people playing playing church in there. But what I want to tell you is the church is actually there to actually to help us to grow collectively. So as we grow in grace, you can say I'm growing in grace, and if you're doing it without a local New Testament church, it's not happening. It's not happening because Jesus actually designed the local New Testament church. And he actually designed the local New Testament church for what? for our growth, for our growth. And so when we look at that, we've got to understand that a part of our our growth is is walking with Jesus through a local New Testament church. Now, think about this. I want everybody to think about this one for a moment. When we are pleasing to God, we we do not quench the Holy Spirit. We do not quench the Holy Spirit. What do I mean by that? I need you guys to listen to this. Because this is a lot of what I mean by Uh, having God's favor. Answered prayers, for one thing. Answered prayers. When we're not quenching God's spirit by the way that we live, we see our prayers answered. I know some people say, God answers all of our prayers all of the time. Why should he answer a prayer if you're quenching his spirit? Think about that one for a moment. Answered prayers happen when we're walking in tune and, and dependence with God. That's when we see the prayers answered in our lives. So I ask you, do you want to see prayers answered in your life? And I want to tell you, then grow in grace and walk with him and in dependence with him, and you will see those answered prayers taking place. Here's another one. God's provision in every way. One of the things that we see that whenever we're not quenching God's spirit but we're walking in God's spirit is we see uh, God's favor happen in our, in our in things like through our jobs, uh, actually uh, g- making us a better employee. One of the things I always share is um, when I worked in... In, in corporate America, I never worried about my bonuses. What I did is I worried about walking with Jesus and, and saying, I want to glorify you with everything that I do on this job. And the bonuses just came. You say, man, that, that was easy. Uh, you, were, you were not a very good employee. I guess it was, thank goodness for God. I did everything that I did to glorify God. That's the way that we do it. And when we do that, we see those provisions in, in so many ways, in all of our needs. That's why the Bible tells us to seek Him first. And everything that we need will be added to us. Amen? And then here's another one. Peace and joy. Who would like a little bit more peace these days? You know, in this crazy world that we're living in. And joy. Which is that joy is that calm delight in our souls no matter what's going on around us. And when we're not quenching God's spirit but walking in God's spirit and and walking in his grace, we have peace and joy. Active supernatural empowerment is what I'm saying right there. And it shows. Here's another thing that happens whenever we are growing in grace. We show that we are learning the lessons that God is working in our lives. And what I mean by that is the Christian life is not trouble-free. I thought when I got saved that I'd have no more problems. I don't know who told you that. It wasn't me. Hopefully it wasn't your Sunday school teacher or, or whoever But that doesn't mean that we're not going to have problems. It never means that. But what it does mean is that we will learn the lessons through those issues and that we will grow from them. As we depend on Christ to get us through those situations, He is growing us and we're becoming closer to Him. And He helps us through these situations. And that's a part of, listen to this, growing in grace. Amen? It's part of growing in grace. And so... um, Here's a verse that I want to say with this before we get to my second point this morning. Psalm 35 and verse 27. Put down in your notes Psalm 35 and verse 27. Psalm 35, 27 says this, May those who desire my vindication shout for joy and rejoice. And so God's vindication, do you see what what, what the psalmist is saying there? It's saying God's vindication. It's God that's giving us victory. It's God that's the one that's in charge of our well-being. But look at what he says next. May they continually say, listen, this is so important. May the Lord be praised, for he wants his servant to be secure. Do you hear that? God, our, our God, wants us to be secure. And so as we grow in grace, we learn, man, I don't need to be walking in my own power, in my own ways. I need to be walking in his ways. And when I'm walking in his ways, I can be what? Secure. It says Secure. If you need God's security, walking in God's grace is the way to find it. Which leads me to my second point this morning. Growing in grace Growing in grace helps us to be humble. <laughs> uh, how many people want to be humble? Uh, a lot of us are like, man, I, I don't know. I think being humble means that, that I'm somebody's doormat. Being humble doesn't mean that we're somebody's doormat. Being humble means that we are people that are depending on God. That's all. We can boldly and humbly depend on God. And so growing in God's grace helps us to be, be humble. And so we walk with Jesus uh, and, and by His spirit and through His word, and listen to this. All of us would be very humble. All of us would be very humble if we would realize we are in a war with sin. We are in a war with sin. Sin is trying to destroy us. Sin is destroying this world. Sin is the enemy. And we need humility because the only way that we win against sin is dependence on God and His ways and Him working in our lives. And then, through Jesus' power, we have victory. Now, I guess I could walk around like a peacock and say, we have victory and uh, I'm so wonderful and all that. That's not humble. What I'm saying is we walk around and say, I'm going to, through Christ, have victory by walking with Him, by doing what He tells me to do. By obeying God's word, I'm going to have victory. That's humility, brothers and sisters, because God is the one that's winning the victory. You know, one of the things that Peter said that that, um, when he realized who Jesus was or was starting to realize who Jesus was, uh, is probably the best way to say it, is he said, get away from me, Lord, for I am sinful. One of the the times where, where Peter actually saw how powerful that Jesus was, he said, get away from me, Lord. Because I am sinful and what we see there is we see that the growing in grace and, and realizing who Jesus is versus who we are means man, we don't even we don't even deserve to be in his presence, but he wants to be in our presence. And that's what Peter was saying you man I don't even belong here. First Timothy 1:15, Paul says this this saying is trustworthy and deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world, to save sinners, and I am the worst of them. Or maybe, uh, of whom I am chief. Maybe you're used to hearing it that way. But basically what Paul is saying is, out of all the sinners out there, he was saying he was chief. And I just got to say, if Paul says he's the, the biggest sinner, then who am I? Right? We look at Paul and we go, man, he's, he's one of the, the big guns in the Bible, so to speak. And he said, man, I'm the chief of sinners, actually. And you know what? Here's the thing about a lot of Christians that that aren't growing and and walking and growing in in grace with the Lord. A lot of them are walking around like a Pharisee, and they're going, I am just right, here I am saving the day as a Christian. And I just, I got to say this. There's a lot of Christians out there that are putting on a really good show, so much of a good show that no one can stand to watch it. Think about that for a moment. It's kind of like the Pharisee that, that Jesus shared with him, the, the, the prayer that the Pharisee said is, Lord, thank you that I'm not like the tax collectors and I'm not like all of those sinners out there. Man, that's, that is arrogant. That is not humble. That's not a sign of somebody walking in God's grace. When we're walking in God's grace, we're like going, man, uh, I am, I, the only way I'm getting through this day is I'm depending on God and his word and obeying his, his spirit, working in my life. That's the only way. I'm not walking around like a proud peacock going, I'm a Christian. Who are you? You know, and that kind of thing. And yet, that's the way a lot of us do it. And you know what? We're seeing a lot of the scorn of the world right now against Christianity because there's been a lot of very arrogant Christians that think that, that they are so mighty that they could never fall. And yet, they're falling, aren't they? The Bible says, take heed lest ye fall. We need to grow in grace and dependence on God, not walk around like, now I've finally reached this spiritual parenthood and I'm really something. Man, if we get there, it's because God's done a mighty work in us and we need to stay dependent on Him. That's for sure. Now, that means every day that we we live our lives and every day that we go, we need to further realize the love of Christ. The love of Christ. Man, How did you get from from where you were when you were first saved to even being here right now? It was from God doing something in your life. This is why we need God's word. This is why we need Sunday school. This is why we need our personal time in the Bible. This is why we need church. This is why we need each other. And most of all, this is why we need God and his word working in our lives, in our family, and in our church. In our church, God is the one that does the the mighty things in our church. I am looking, you know, I was talking about uh, being in in my seventh year, coming into my eighth year. If something good's going to happen at Alamo Heights Baptist Church, it's not going to be because of us. It's going to be because God does something wonderful here. And I believe that he can. And I'm asking us, everybody here, let's do this. Let's depend on God and watch what he can do here at Alamo Heights Baptist Church. We've heard all the stories about uh, the, the glory days. But I can just tell you that when we're depending on God, the glory days are coming. To God be the glory. That's for sure. Let me ask you this question. Would more victory over sin make your life better? I'm asking it again. Listen to this. Would more victory over sin make your life better? Jimmy, say Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> it makes our lives better. What we want is is we want victory over sin, and so um, we need to lose that appetite for those things that destroy us. Well, listen to this: when we look at growth, when we look at growth, we need to understand charity, charity, love is at the top of the ladder. We look at at the stages of growth, and we'll look at that here in just a minute. But as we look at the stages of growth, charity is at the top. It's the big thing. Um, as we grow in grace, we grow more in love. That's the trademark, not, not knowledge. Knowledge is, is further down. We should be getting knowledge, and as we get knowledge, our love grows for Christ and for others. And when we talk about charity and love, we're talking about something called service. And that means us serving, not being served. And that's a game-changer. You know, one of the things that we look at here, the more zealous the people in a church, the more uh, the, the more people in this church that are zealous for growth and grace and walking with Christ, the more zealous our church as a whole will be. He said, Well, of course. No, what that means is is we look at a few people that maybe are on fire for Jesus, right? We look at a few people that are on fire for Jesus, and we go, Well, look at so and so. He or she's on fire for Jesus. Well, what if we were all on fire for Jesus? If we were all on fire for Jesus, we would really love each other, and, and the zeal in this church would be so much that it would explode. And we'd see God doing some amazing things. And so if we want to see God work, we need to grow in grace. My last point this morning is this. Growth is stunted. Our growth is stunted without growing in grace. Our growth is stunted without us growing in grace. Now, I want to try to explain this. Have you ever admired somebody that was really walking with Jesus? Think about this for a moment. Did you have like a Sunday school teacher? Was there a particular preacher? Was there a particular Christian that that was in your life that you think about and you go, man, that's what a Christian should be, right? We've all had that person or those people. And I've certainly had those people in in, in my life. But can I tell you something this morning? Listen to this. We ourselves are to be that person. Why do we look at other people and go, wow, they're really really growing and and, and really that's admirable? You know, God doesn't doesn't want us to hero worship people. He wants us all to grow. He wants us all to grow. He doesn't want to look at some people and go, man, I wish I could be like them or something like that. No, he wants you to grow too. He wants us all to grow. The truth is we all should be going there. Look at Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 11 and and write down in your notes Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 through 16. I want everybody that's sitting here today to listen to these verses. And as you hear these verses, I want you to notice something. I want you to notice the collectiveness of these verses, not just the singular person, but the collectiveness of the entire church body. And when we talk about these verses, I want you to understand this. This is talking to a local New Testament church, one just like us. So think about this and, and, and look at the collectiveness of it. It was he, Jesus, who gave some as apostles. for the Listen, for the church, by the way. He gave all of these things to a local New Testament church. A local New Testament church that's growing in grace has apostles and prophets and some as evangelists and some as pastors and some as teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. That is to build up the body of Christ. To, do you see it? We're all to be built up. It's not just, man, look at so-and-so. So-and-so is really getting it done. It's the body, all of us. All of us together, collectively, growing together. Until we. And if you don't believe me, look at the next one. Until we all, all attain to the unity of the faith, of the, of the knowledge of the Son of God, a mature person attaining to the measure of Christ's full stature. It's saying that, that it's not just... So-and-so's job to, to grow in grace and to grow in God's Word. It's all of us collectively. Everybody that's a member of this church, we are growing together. Aren't we? And if we aren't, then that's the objective of a church. Not just for some people, but for all of us. Why? So we are no longer to be children tossed back and forth by waves and carried about by every wind of teaching by the trickery of people who craft, craftily work, carry out their deceitful schemes. One of the things that's happening in this world is there's a lot of stinking thinking out there that's infiltrating local New Testament churches. But when we're growing together and we're walking together, we can avoid those things together by being a disciple group of people and practicing the truth and love. We will on all things grow up into Christ who is the head. The job of a church collectively is for us all to grow up. And so when we talk about growing in grace, we're not a bunch of haughty people. We're a bunch of people all together, depending on Christ and becoming zealous for Christ and growing in His grace and growing. And then verse 16. From Him the whole body grows. There it is again. I want you to see that. That's not an accident. You can underline that in their Bible if you want to. It says, the whole body grows, fitted and held together through every supporting ligament As each one does its part, the body grows in love. That tells me something very important. I need you. You need me. We need each other. And you know what? That is grace because it's God empowering you. It's God empowering me. God empowering us all. It's His grace doing it. And we grow together and we go somewhere. Amen? We get it done. And we see that happening. And what I'm saying is we must personally grow by on our own, and we need to grow together. A lot of people in their pseudo-wisdom say, I don't need the church. I don't need it. I'll just serve Jesus without it. Well, I just want to say this. You certainly need to pray alone, just you and Jesus. But we also need to pray together, don't we? It is a good thing that you study your Bible alone. But it's also good that we study together. Um, It's a good thing that you have the spiritual disciplines that you're learning alone. But we need to do it together also. And what I need from you and what you need from me and what we need from each other is we need to do it in our personal lives and then bring it here and let's do this together. And that's God's grace making uh, a work that's happening in you, that's working in you, and working in me, and us working together. I, I just got to say, one of the reasons why that, that we see so many churches, including this one, that don't have all the pieces of the puzzle in play in that church is there's some people that aren't really growing in grace. They're, going, they're saying things like, I don't need the church, I, I don't need this, I don't need that, I don't even need God's Word. I'm saved. They've never got from the courtroom where they were declared justified to actually seeing that they're a part of a family. And the family hangs out together. And so it's really important that we see what happens uh, in our growth is, is something that we do on our own and happens through a local New Testament church. It's so frustrating to know there's probably somebody right now that God means to be here doing their part right here in this church here, in this local body. And yet they go, I, I, I just really, I'm going to do my own thing. And if they do their own thing, who suffers? We all suffer. We have to pick up the slack. And by God's grace, He adds each person to a church and we grow together. Now, here's a question that I want you to ask yourself. And I've asked myself this. How do I know? How do we know? How do we know that we're on track to grow in grace? How do we know that we're actually on track? Well, Here's the answer, and you're going to say, man, when you hear this, you're going to go, I could have guessed this is what Pastor was going to say. But here I go. Here's my answer. Number one, how do I know that I'm actually growing in grace? How do I know that I'm on track? How do you know that you're on track? Well, here's here's the first one. Here's the first thing that you know you're on track. Is discipleship on your radar? Is discipleship on your radar? Now you know where I'm going, don't you? And yes, I'm going there again. Is discipleship on my radar? That means, am I being discipled and am I making disciples? Is it on my radar? If you're on track, that's something that we're commanded to do in in the Great Commission. So don't tell me that's not a part of your life. If that's in the Great Commission, it's in your life, it's in mine. And we do it by dependence on God, by His grace. So is discipleship in there? If you're on track, it's there. Here's another one. Is evangelism on your radar? Is evangelism on your radar? Evangelism. What do you mean by evangelism? Do you mean, do I, do I watch old Billy Graham crusades on TV or, or on, online? No, that, that's Billy Graham doing evangelism. What I'm saying is, are you evangelizing? Are you sharing the gospel with somebody? Are you sharing the gospel with someone? Because how do you know you're on track on growing in grace? Is growing in grace, uh, Jesus wants us to share the gospel. He wants us to. And I know it gets so frustrating to hear this and you go, you know, I, I really don't, I don't really want to do this. It's really, it's really hard. It's not hard. It's obeying him. It's letting Jesus be in charge. And, and but what if they get mad at me? doesn't matter. I'm looking for Jesus's favor, not somebody else's. And that's what that's what grace is. I say I don't know how. Well, that's why you need to go from being a spiritual infant to growing up in Christ, all of us. Another way that we know that we're on track or how do we know we're on track is a lifestyle of worship. not just did you did you sing this morning during the songs? That's part of it. Really, I mean, when we sing, it's like, um, I'm really afraid to sing. Sing to Jesus. Sing to Him. Don't worry about what somebody thinks. Sing to Him when it's time to praise Him. But when I talk about worship, I'm not just talking about that. I'm talking about the fact that the way that we live on our jobs, the way that we walk with Jesus on our jobs, the way that we walk with Jesus at the grocery store, the way that we walk with Him because it's an act of worship. It's something that we're offering up to Him. Do you know that your job is something that you're to be offering up to Him? Well, I don't work very hard. Well, you need to work harder as an offering. We don't want to give Jesus something that's not good enough for him. We want to give him our best. In our jobs, in our homes, in our lives, at the grocery store, as we drive down the road. How do I know I'm on track? You know what the next one is? Are you a person of prayer? Are we in God's prayer? Prayer means that we are depending on God to come through for us. We're asking God to come through. And then fellowship. Fellowship. How do I I know I'm on track? (laughs) Fellowship. There are so many people that that are members of churches and stuff that say, but I don't like the fellowship part. Well, where in the Bible do you want to get rid of that part? You want to get rid of that part? Because fellowship is a part of it. If we really are a church family, he's brought us together. You say, but but I, I can't get along with people. Well, that's something to help you grow. We need to learn to grow and fellowship together. All of these things tell you whether you're on track or not. You know, I, 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 don't, I don't care what some people say. What means I'm on track is if I go to church every once in a while. You can believe that all you want to. But what I want to tell you, these are real telltale barometers that are based on the Word of God. You can have your own theories, or you can take God's ideas. As we get ready to close this, I want to read a couple of uh, very familiar verses but they go totally with what I'm saying. And if it sounds like a broken record, then tell it to Jesus. Because in Galatians 5:22 through 26, it says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those are the things that the Bible tells us when we're walking in God's grace and dependence on Him. Those are the things in our lives. You say, well, I got some of them. No, this is all of it. It is fruit of the Spirit. It's all of these things that come. And this is what I mean by supernatural active power. I can't can't do any of those on my own. I could be one of the most hateful people on on the face of this planet on my own. But with Jesus in charge of my life, I can find his kindness for one thing, right? Self control. Let me ask you this. How did your self-control work before you became a Christian? It wasn't very good, was it? But self-control is something that Jesus can do. And this is what growing in grace does. I can't walk in God's Spirit with my power. I need His power. That's His grace. And that's what we're growing in. As we grow in grace, we depend on Him to produce these things in us. Right? If we live by the Spirit, let us also behave in accordance with the Spirit. That's how we do it. That's growing in grace, is saying, I'm getting out of the way, and Jesus is taking over. He's becoming the one in charge of my life. And then verse 26, let us not become conceited, provoking one another, being jealous of one another. Not being conceited, conceited and, 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 and being ugly, and all of those things are the things that's not of God's spirit. And so when we see that, we're not growing in grace. How do we grow in grace? Is We have to To be living in God's spirit, for one thing, and that's being yielded to him being in charge of our lives. That's the only way that's going to happen. Here's another one. 2 Peter 1, verses 4-9. through Through these things he has bestowed on us uh, his precious and most magnificent promises that by means of what was promised you may become partakers of the divine nature after escaping the worldly corruption that was produced by evil desire. Divine nature is actually God being in charge of our lives, not our own selves. There ain't nothing divine... Excuse my English. But there ain't nothing divine about my own nature. What's divine is Jesus in me. His Spirit taking over my life. That's the divine nature that Peter is talking about. For this very reason, make every effort to uh, add to your faith excellence, excellence, knowledge, to knowledge, self-control, self-control, perseverance, perseverance, godliness, to godliness, brotherly affection, to brotherly affection, unselfish love. Those are things there that don't just automatically happen. Those are things that happen as we grow in God's grace. We've talked about this a lot. If you can imagine, you look at what's down at the bottom, you start seeing things like knowledge and stuff. But do you see what's at the top of that? It's love. It's actually God working in our lives and being in charge of our lives that actually gets us there. And I got to do this part. For if these things are really yours and are continually increasing, not, I got saved a long time ago, did it, done, I'm there. That's not what it says. It says continually increasing. In other words, we keep going, we keep depending, we keep depending on God's power, not our own power. And if we do that, that will keep us from be- becoming ineffective and unproductive in your pursuit of knowing our Lord Jesus Christ more intimately. Do you want to know Jesus? Do you want to walk with Jesus? Then these, you've got to get off the throne. And you've got to grow in grace. And growing in grace is going, I've got to quit doing it my way and do it His way. That's what growing in grace is. It's such a a term that gets thrown out there like a bumper sticker. We could put it on a bumper sticker. Growing in grace. And everybody's like, hmm. Growing in grace. But here it is. It's more than a bumper sticker. It's actually God doing it. And it's pursuit of knowing our Lord Jesus Christ more intimately. And that's what we all need to do. Man, you can be a spiritual infant for the rest of your life if you want to, or you can grow. And if you grow, that's when we'll be growing in grace. Because the, the more that we learn, the more that we understand... It's Jesus. It's not me. It's not you. It's not this church. It's not our programs. It's Jesus, man. That's who who it is. But concerning the one who lacks such things, he is blind, that is to say, he's nearsighted since he has forgotten about the cleansing of his past sins. Man, one of the things that happens with Christians is they get saved and they don't grow. And do you see it? They forget. What do they forget? They forget that they were ever saved. They don't know what's going on. We need to grow, and we need to grow in grace. Let's close this thing up. Here's some closing points today. Philippians chapter 1, verse 21, Paul says, for him to live is Christ. For him to live is Christ. He doesn't say for me to live is, is Paul. For me to live is a promotion. For me to live is wealth. For me to live is those things. He says, for me to live is Christ." That means for him to have life. That means Christ is the one in charge of his life. Well, that's scary. That's faith. And here's where grace really comes in. When we trust him in in faith to be in charge of our life, he bestows his immeasurable grace on us. And he takes care of what we need to be taken care of. Do you trust him that much? Because Paul says for me to live as Christ." You know, Peter himself said, Lord, where else would I go? Where else would I go? You're the one that has the words of life. Where else would we go? Where else would we go, brothers and sisters, then through Christ for our fulfillment? And I love in the book of Acts, I love in the book of Acts where, (laughs) man, it's one of my favorite parts where it says, these simple Christians, this is King Robert translation, these simple Christians are turning the world upside down. (laughs) Isn't that cool? I love that. I love the fact that we have the opportunity through God working in us and God to turn the world upside down through us. You say, don't you say it, us simpletons. I said it, sorry. Maybe you're sitting here going, I don't appreciate that. Man, if, if you can get on God's level, then you can argue with me. But the thing is, we depend on Him. That's the way that it works. That's grace. And let's turn the world upside down, brothers and sisters. Let's grow in grace. If church is nothing more than an occasional attendance, but the heart is not on board with taking on the challenge of growing in God's grace and through all the ways that God meant for it to be, through local churches through evangelism, through discipleship, through uh, worship, through prayer and fellowship, if, if, if all of those things aren't a part of it, just coming every once in a while, you think that's the magic bullet. Then I just want to say this, and excuse me for saying this. But check your heart. Check your heart. Because God wants more for His people than nominality. He wants more. And I want to just say this. Life is short, but eternity is very long, isn't it? It's very long. And bear in mind this if we don't grow in grace, Peter says, we'll become very confused individuals. Here's what I want to close with, the verse I'm closing with today. Before I get to this verse, I just want to remind you, as you sit here today, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, that here in just a few minutes, you're going to get an invitation here to ask Jesus Christ to be your Savior. Jesus died on the cross, shed His blood to pay for the sins of all of mankind and He paid the price, and He died, and He rose again. He's alive now, and He's alive now to save you. If you don't know Him as your Savior, you can ask for forgiveness of your sins, repent of your sins, and tell Him that you want Him to be in charge of your life, the Lord of your life, and He will save you today. In just a few minutes, we're going to have an invitation. And if that's you, the Holy Spirit's knocking on your heart's door right now and saying, come to Him. And here's the verse that I close with today to end today's sermon on growing in grace. 2 Chronicles 16.9 Certainly the Lord watches the whole earth carefully. Certainly He does, doesn't He? Certainly the Lord watches the whole earth carefully and ready. He is ready to strengthen those who are devoted to Him. Did you hear that? If we're going to grow in grace, that means we're growing in dependence with Him. And that's telling us that God is looking forward all over this great big world and right down into Alamo Heights Baptist Church right now and other churches that are meeting right now and other homes out there and all across this world, He's looking. He's looking. And He's looking for those people that are devoted to Him. Why? Where He can strengthen them. That's what we need. His grace. And then there was the other people that acted foolishly in this matter. And all they brought was disarray and war into the lives, that verse tells us. What about you? As God looks in your life, is he finding that person that he is going to strengthen? And the way that he's going to strengthen you is for you to, to grow in his grace and dependence on him. Let's stand. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your many blessings. Father, I pray that we will continue to, to grow in our dependence on you. Lord, we thank You for Your Son, Jesus, who's made a way for us to even, by, by the measurable grace that You have bestowed, by Your love for us and Your Son paying the price for our sins and Your Spirit regenerating us. Lord, we don't deserve any of this, and yet You've done this. And yet You empower us and You get us through this thing called life. Lord, may we all depend on You. And Father, I pray that if there's anybody in here today It hasn't asked you to be their Savior. Lord, I pray that today that your Spirit will speak to their hearts and that they will trust you and let you be in charge of their lives and they'll get off the throne and let you be their Savior. Lord, we know that your son's already paid the price. It's a free gift. All they have to do is let you save them. And Lord, we know you want to. So Father, we just thank you for your many blessings and we thank you for your love and your grace. May we depend on it. We ask these things. In Jesus' holy name, amen. Thanks for joining us for our morning service. If you reside in Midland or surrounding areas, we hope to see you in person. We are located at 1305 North Midland Drive, north of Cuthbert and south of the Andrews Highway. We are also distributing DVDs of The Life of Jesus. If you would like a copy, send us an email with your return address. Our email Address is ahbcmidland at suddenlinkmail dot com. Have a great week and may God bless.